0: You're going to terrorize these people telling them that.
1: <laughs>
0: a short story about my wife. I try never to talk about myself whenever I speak, but a little short story about my wife. She was at the call center at a credit union where people would call in with their problems. She, she supervised 29 people. One day an elderly man called and said, ma'am, can you please help me? I have two problems. And my wife, being sympathetic and compassionate, said, oh, sir, anything we can do to help you? What, what, what can we do? He said, well, if my girlfriend wants to come in and put money in my bank account, can she do that? Well, I said, oh, we'll be happy to help her. There's no problem at all. What else can we do for you? He said, can you get me a girlfriend?
1: <laughs>
0: One short story about me. I came from Vallejo, California. How many of you have ever been to Vallejo? I was back east in New Jersey. I was in a long line just before Christmas, mail and packages. I was very tired. Everything had gone wrong at work. I just wanted to get out of there. And I was holding this package, which was fairly heavy. It was presents to my family in Vallejo, California. And I noticed his head kept popping over my left shoulder. So finally, I just turned so they could see what was on the box. She said, oh, you're from Vallejo. I said, yes, ma'am. She said, let me tell you a story about Vallejo. I'm from Vallejo. I'm tired. I don't want to hear a story about Vallejo. She says she and her husband won a sales contest. And the prize was a trip to Disneyland in Southern California. She said, since we may never get back to the West Coast. We decided we'd go up and down the coast and see everything. She said, they're driving across the Carquinas Bridge and as they're entering the town, he said, dear, we're entering Valley Joe. (coughs) And she said, well, honey, it's a Spanish name. You know, it's Vallejo. He said, no, it's Valley Joe. She said, it's really not important, but it is Vallejo. He said, it's Valley Joe. So they get in this big screaming match in the car and he's getting madder by the minute he finally says, we're going to settle this. So he pulls off. He pulls in front of this little business, grabs her by the arm, yanks her back. And there's this little, short, skinny, ball-headed guy behind the counter. And the man says, now listen, you, very slowly and very carefully, you tell me the name of this place. The guy says, Dairy Queen. <laughs> How many of you want to get right into the lesson? This is a quote by a man, he says, um, beware of drinking alcohol, it can make you shoot tax collectors and miss. (laughs) (laughs) Definition of wine, and very few people understand this, but if you go to the uh, dictionary and you find out, it's two things. First, it's the what juice of grapes? Fermented. Fermented. And that's when you and I hear the word wine, we think of fermented, alcoholic, grape juice. But there's another definition. What is that one? The unfermented juice of grapes or certain other fruits. So wine, by definition, and by the way, this definition goes back about 3,000 years. When you say wine, it can mean either alcoholic wine or non-alcoholic wine. But what most of us think about. Yeah, of course. That's what we all think about. Historical records of Rome, Greece, and of the Hebrews all show processes to avoid fermentation. They actually did things so as the wine ages, it does not become alcoholic. Historians Pliny, Horace, Virgil, and the Jewish Mishnah all describe procedures to avoid wine becoming what? All these people said we want to be able to drink wine without the alcohol influencing us or hurting us. For over a thousand years, Egyptians preferred what? Can you imagine them trying to build the pyramids when they're half drunk? Homer, circa 1000 BC, spoke of freshly squeezed grape juice making what? Making what, everybody? Wine. Freshly squeezed grape juice making wine that would not what? Affect the nerves. Hippocrates, the Hippocratic, Hippocratic Oak, for doctors, circa 400 B.C. wrote, Wine, the new sweet blood of the grape, would not make man's head, what? So what's the word he uses? Wine, wine, wine. wine. Alcoholic or non-alcoholic? Non-alcoholic. The famous Jewish historian Josephus, about, by the way, brother, there was a man in our church where you and I were, I was reading from Josephus one time. He came up to me all excited and he says, Wow, all this information in Josephus, it's so exciting. Do you think I could borrow the book? I said, Sure, I'd be happy to. Uh, I won't tell you the name. I gave it to him. He brought it back sheep and said, I want to get this back to you. It's, it's, it's little tiny fine print and they really go into great depth of detail. You have to be really with it to read Josephus. You have to really work at it. He says... The act of squeezing wine directly from the grapes into the wet. So what were they producing? Begins with a W. Wine. Was it alcoholic or non-alcoholic? Wine. Okay. English word wine, Latin word vinum, Greek oinus, Hebrew Yayin. All four words have been used in history for either fermented or non-fermented wine. But they use the same word. You say, this can't be. How many of you in this room like cider? Hard or soft? (laughs) You're scared to death. See, I drink cider, but I don't drink alcoholic cider. Every year, I, by tradition, like to have a little glass of eggnog. Alcohol or non-alcohol? I never drink. I never touch alcohol. So you can say wine. You can say Cider, you can say eggnog, and it can be either alcoholic or non-alcoholic. So when you hear somebody use the term, you got to make sure you know what are they talking about here. The Encyclopedia Judaica, quote: "The newly pressed wine prior to fermentation was known as yein megat in English, wine from the press." So the Jewish Hebrew people used the word wine to mean grape juice, no alcohol well when you start looking at hebrew scriptures or bible scriptures it says wine and everyone says well that's alcohol come on now it could be alcohol or non-alcohol you have to know the context isaiah 16:10 the freshly squeezed grape juice is called wine and it's clearly grape juice it's, it didn't have any time to ferment proverbs the freshly squeezed grape juice is called new wine it's wine but it's new wine more rarely, alcoholic wine is referred to as new wine. There's a few rare exceptions where you'll see new wine meaning alcoholic wine, but most of the time it's grape juice. Matthew 9, 17, please read with me. Neither do men put new wine into old bottles, else the bottles break and the wine runneth out and the bottles perish, but they put new wine into new bottles and both are preserved. How many of you like the San Francisco sourdough bread? How many you ever had there? You know, they made a batch of that, and if you're going to make another batch, you always have to take some of the fermented stuff to make the next batch. You can't just take a new batch. It always has to come. So you have the stuff in an old bag that's got that fermentation in it, you're going to get fermentation. So you don't want to put new wine into old wine bags. Dr. Welsh, how many of you have heard of Dr. Dr. Welsh. He sold a new wine, a non alcoholic wine. For many years it was called Dr. Welsh's Unfermented Wine. At the World's Fair in St. Louis in 1904, the name was called Ezekiel's Wine. Hundreds of thousands of people went to the fair and they all wanted to taste some of Ezekiel's wine. Alcohol or non alcohol? Non alcohol. -alcohol. Today it's called what? But for a long time, what you drink today as Welsh's grape juice was called Ezekiel's wine. The Bible says, please read with me. Drink no longer water, but use a little wine for thy stomach's sake and thine often infirmities. Uh-oh. Uh-oh. Throughout history, we have those men that tell their wives, oh, but honey, the doctor told me to take this. So they run down to the guy that's got the little wagon, and he's selling the tonic off the back of the wagon for health, always for health. So he tells his wife, I've got to get some of this. I've been having stomach trouble. You know how many phony men there are that have to have that wine for their stomach's sake? Come on now. I'm just being honest. Is there a back door here, Pastor? <laughs> <laughs> the famous historian Pliny wrote Grape must, like a nectar, unfermented, was used to help those with what? Oh, man. You don't need to get the tonic off the back of the wagon. Grape juice, actually, honestly. Is better physically for you than alcoholic wine. If you got a stomach problem, grape juice. I know I've just ruined two or three guys in this room. They're gonna be having fights with their wives. (laughs) Dr. Welsh made non-alcoholic grape juice and sold it as a what? Medicine. So you got the guys on the back of the wagon selling the alcohol for medicine. And here you got Dr. Welsh, Dr. Welsh, Dr. Welsh selling grape juice for medicine. Some have claimed tonics and other alcoholic drinks for medicine as an excuse to drink alcohol. Indians called it what? Oh, give us some more medicine water. This is good medicine for you Indians. They got even with us. They gave us tobacco. Alcohol on reservations is not a medicine, but a tragic, unhealthy epidemic. Whoever gave those Indians the medicine water gave them death. Oh, we've driven on Indian reservations. I love Indian people. The thing that alcohol has done to the reservations is pathetic. Just pathetic. Carl Jung Winery in Germany has been producing non-alcoholic wine since what year? What kind of wine? They produce nine different varieties and send over one million liters per year to over 25 different countries. Oh, I love the taste of wine. That's the only reason I drink it. I love the taste. Well, it doesn't have to be alcoholic to get the good taste. Oh, but I need it for a medicine. Well, it doesn't have to have alcohol to be a medicine. Draper Valley Winery in what city? Makes various types of wines. All of their wines are made with no what? But I just love wine. I always have a glass of wine. i got to have wine. Well, does it have to have alcohol? Oh, yes, it has to have alcohol. Well, for what purpose? You see, alcohol is a drug. If you go to any scientist or any medical expert, they'll tell you alcohol is a drug. you take drugs? Oh, no, I don't like drugs. Well, if you take alcohol, you're taking drugs. Oh, but a little bit once in a while with a dinner, you're taking drugs. You're taking drugs. It affects your nerves. By the way, oh, but I only have a glass or two. If you go to a person that sells insurance, you'll find out some of them will tell you, Every single drink of alcohol destroys nervous tissue. Your body can rebuild itself except for one thing. It never rebuilds nervous tissue. That's why when people become acute alcoholics, their mind and their bodies are shot. Because every single drink of alcohol destroys nervous tissue. I'm losing my memory. As I get older, I don't remember things as well as I used to. And I read that alcohol takes away from your memory. Even a few drinks a day for a few years, you'll lose your memory. Not as good a memory. I can't afford to lose anymore. (laughs) Some might say alcoholic wine tastes better. You've got to have an excuse. I mean, it's either got to be it tastes good or it relaxes me or it helps me with my inhibitions or it's a medicine or it tastes. I've got to have an excuse to be able to drink my wine. In 1986, a non alcohol wine won the gold medal for the best wet at the Los Angeles County Fair. Folks, millions and millions and millions of bottles of wine with alcohol are being sold to people who like the taste of wine. The alcohol doesn't have a taste. It just numbs your senses. It's a drug. Results. The non-alcoholic red wine was associated with a significant decrease in blood pressure, lowering heart disease risk by 14% and the risk of stroke by 20. What kind of wine? Has medicinal purposes. Even though alcoholic and non-alcoholic red wine contain the same amount of heart-healthy antioxidants, the alcohol may be blocking the polyphenols from doing their protective work. Non-alcoholic red wine may therefore be more effective at protecting the what? I'm only drinking this stuff for my health. Well, then try the non alcoholic version. Getting bread dough to rise requires a what? To get alcohol requires fermentation of the juice. The Bible speaks of removing the leaven, that which causes what? The Bible pictures leaven as what? It begins with an S. Sin. Good. You're with me. A sharp class. Good group of people. The Bible pictures the leavening like bacteria, almost like yeast, as a sin. But watch what happens when you go to the blood. It, it changes. Leaven is a picture of sin in the Bible. God's people were instructed to get rid of what? Leaven. And they said, get rid of every speck in the whole house. Be thorough. No, not even a speck of leaven in your house. Get rid of it. Just like Christians are supposed to get rid of every. Speck of sin in our lives. We're supposed to get rid of it. When we take communion, we remember what? The bread represents his what? The wine represents his what? Webster says, Leaven corrupts or depraves. It causes what? Everybody in the room, it causes what? When wine becomes alcoholic, what's taking place? Fermentation. Fermentation. Christ knew no corruption. He was what? He knew no sin. To picture Christ's sinless body, churches universally use what? We have to use unleavened bread because our Lord was sinless. We can't have anything that has fermentation in it. We want the bread to be pure and holy like our Lord was. Then watch what they do. Ironically, churches will not use leavened bread with the fermentation element, but many churches will use fermented wine to represent His blood. How many of you know of a church that uses fermented wine for communion? This is insane. This is insane. We want the bread to be special and not have anything to do with fermentation, but we like that wine with a little kick to it. Was Christ's blood corrupt or sinful? Everybody. Was Christ's blood corrupt or sin no. sin? no. Isn't pure grape juice a better picture of Christ's pure blood? And the Lord spake unto Aaron saying, and if you don't get anything else out of this today, if you hate the whole lesson, get this one verse and keep it in your mind the rest of your life. And the Lord spake unto who? When you go into the tabernacle, today a church, do not drink What? nor strong drink that you may put difference between holy and unholy and between clean and unclean. I have friends that say, Brother Doug, we have wine. We're Christians. We drink wine. We don't see any big deal in it. I say, well, what about this verse? Oh, but that's Old Testament. That's under the law, Brother Doug. You understand we're under grace in the New Testament. We don't have to follow this. Well, it says... That you may put difference between what? Holy and what? And between clean and what? Did it change? Did it change that it was unholy back then and unclean back then, but today it's clean and holy? Come on. Remember this verse for your friends and relatives and your precious children and grandchildren. Remember this verse. Under Old Testament law? Yes, but it still applies... What was unholy then is unholy today. What was unclean then is unclean today. Don't do it. Do not drink wine nor strong drink. You say, well, that was when you go into the church. But what about in my home? 1 Corinthians 6, 19 to 20. Know you not that your body is the what? If you're not supposed to have alcohol in the temple and your body is the temple, are you supposed to have something unholy and unclean in your body? If it's not healthy for you, should you have it in your body? If there's a better medicine with grape juice, shouldn't you drink grape juice? So if you're used to every time at Thanksgiving, every time we have a little grass wine, put grape juice out there and see what happens. <laughs> and if they say to you, where's the real stuff? You say, well, what's the benefit of the real stuff? Just let them tell you what's the benefit, you know. I'd like to hear it myself. Will you tell me what it is? If it's unholy, unclean, not good medicine? For you are bought with a price, therefore glorify God in your what? Body, your temple. Glorify God. That's why you folks are here today. By the way, this has nothing to do with the lesson, but speakers have occasion once in a while to go chase Rabbits i not supposed to do that, but he said I could talk forever. <laughs> you have to understand something here. We're supposed to glorify God in our bodies. And the Bible says there's coming a day just before Christ comes back, there's going to be a falling away. I'm so thrilled to see this many people here. But there's coming a day when there won't be this many people. There's going to be a falling away. And it says in the Bible, when Christ comes back, will there be any faith left? Is there going to be anybody who's still following the Scriptures? Is there going to be anybody who still thinks alcohol is bad, or this is bad, or that's bad? In my lifetime, more and more things are becoming good to Christians that I think are not biblical. But didn't Christ turn the water into wine? Oh, you got you there now. You, he said, we shouldn't be drinking wine, but Christ turned the water into what? Did the Jews use the word wine for non-alcoholic wine? Oh, yes, but would God the Son produce something unclean and unholy? He did not produce unclean fermented alcoholic wine. He produced new wine, clean, wholesome, healthy, non-alcoholic grape juice, just like Dr. Welsh did. Christ took six stone water pots that held 20 gallons of water each and made 120 gallons of grape juice 1,900 years before who? No Jew or Christian who knew Leviticus 10.8-10 would accept unclean and unholy fermented wine. None of them would have done that. No one got drunk from the wine Christ made. Christ didn't create wine that led to immorality, crime, or injury. And by the way, folks, that's exactly what drugs lead to. What's another word for alcoholic drugs? All the experts say alcohol is a drug. Oh, do you know what they're doing at school now? Those terrible kids, they're taking drugs. What are you doing Thanksgiving and Christmas at your house? Oh, but there's nothing wrong with marijuana. It's no worse than wine or beer. Yeah, you're right. It is no worse. They're both worse. Well, I don't know how they ever got off on this stuff. They got it because grandma and mom are doing it granddad and dad are doing it. Well, they take it. What's wrong with us taking it? You know what's wrong? We need to get this thing hardened in our back and say, America's going down the tubes. Society's going down the tubes. Our community's going around the tubes. Families are going down the tubes. Somebody's got to get a backbone to start doing what's right for your kids and grandkids. Some people say a glass of wine or a beer now and then. And I've been told this many times. It's not going to send me to hell. They're right. But it may continue sending others to hell. Because, you see, you're supposed to be an example. Oh, they go to church. They're religious people. They're good people. And they drink wine. Well, then they drink something. But they don't drink it in moderation like you might do. One in nine people who ever begin social drinking will end up as what? My uh, teenage friend... My teenage son and her friends, I'm going to bring them all over and where it's controlled, where they'll be protected, I'll give them some beer. They won't get in trouble because they'll be protected. Be in our own backyard. Won't hurt anybody. And they'll learn to drink without getting into trouble. One in nine of those kids is going to become a hopeless alcoholic someday. And you help them get there. Well, but if only one in nine are alcoholics, the other eight are okay. No, 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 no. You see, people who are not alcoholics once in a while binge drink. Social moderation, social moderation. But every once in a while, there'll be a crisis. Lose their job, lose their wife, lose their child. There'll be a crisis. And they start drinking to get numb. You see, they binge drink and then bad things happen. Not alcoholics, but they binge drink. Non-alcoholics binge drink. Only one in nine social drinkers become alcoholics. Alcohol can cause serious problems for non-alcoholic drinkers. For instance, accidents, immorality. Why do you think the guys want to have the girls up for a few drinks? To be moral? Oh, no. You see, alcohol leads to immorality. Various studies show that the great majority of drug users not addicts started first with drinking what? Just a drink once in a while won't hurt anybody. Yeah, you got them on the path now. You may know got you may not go more than two or three steps down the path, but somebody else might take ten steps or twenty. And then the path forks out. Alcoholics go this way, marijuana users go this way, heroin addicts go this way, cocaine users, it forks out. But you got them on the path. Alcohol is classified by medical authorities as a what? Drug. Drug. Oh, our problem with drugs in this country. yeah, and it starts at the dinner table with a glass of wine. Once one starts down the path of taking drugs of any kind, it frequently leads to desire for stronger drugs. Is that true or false? Alcohol is often the first step toward marijuana and other more harmful drugs. Wine is eight to twenty percent what? Beer is what? I don't drink whiskey or beer, I just have a glass of wine once well. Yeah, what is it, 8 to 20% proof? People begin drinking to have friends, to be relaxed, to escape problems, or to come out of their shell and have more fun. Oh man, you know what happens when teenagers come out of their (laughs) shell? Ultimately, any short-term advantages are offset by long-term what? Scientists and medical experts classify alcohol as a what? Alcohol destroys brain cells. Unlike skin cells, brain cells never replace themselves. In time, even small amounts of alcohol weaken your brain powers. Alcohol reduces inhibitions to sin and crime, alters judgments and blunts senses. If you look at that last verse there, let's all read it together. Alcohol reduces inhibitions to sin and to crime, alters judgments and blunts senses. Why did they go to these parties at the college? Because they have inhibitions. Some of them have the Holy Spirit in their lives. But once you get a few drinks, you lose your inhibitions. You'll fight like you didn't before. I used to do that. I used to love to fight. I just would go get drunk so I could fight with somebody. I enjoyed it. It was stupid, but I enjoyed it. I used to like partying with girls. But we all had to get drunk so we really have a good party. I don't know of one good thing that alcohol ever led me into. I do know this. I was a janitor in a printing plant and I was an alcoholic, and then I got saved, and I was promoted nine times. I was CEO of a corporation. One time I had 700 employees. Never touched a drop. My wife and I, we we were at the Air Force Academy together when this happened. I was going to take over a big printing plant at the Air Force Academy in Colorado Springs. When I got there, there's a big banner with my name on it, and they have a big bar, and all the colonels and generals are there to... Meet me and introduce themselves to me because I'm taking over their printing plant. And a colonel came up to me and he said, Mr. Gamble, what do you drink? I said, Sir, I don't believe in drinking. Within five minutes, the bar was closed. There wasn't a drop in that building. But I want to get ahead at my job. You have to be able to rub noses with the big shots if you're going to get ahead. You've got to drink to get promoted. What a bunch of lies. I got three medals at home, more than anybody in my organization ever got. Don't touch a drop. You know, Satan is a big liar. Oh, I won't have any friends if they go out drinking. I got to go out drinking. Where are those friends going to be in 30 years from now? And I guarantee you, well, they won't care about you one bit. They don't care what happened to you. Please read with me. Alcohol is a poison men take into the body to steal away from grace. What religious crackpot fanatic said that? Who was it? One of the most brilliant writers of all time said, alcohol is a what? That men take into their body to do what? No more inhibitions. I can make a pass at this lady and not worry about it because I've been drinking. I can steal stuff. And when I go before the judge, judge, I was out of my mind. I didn't know what I was doing. There's the brain. Scientists will show you these areas are affected by alcohol. Public health officials in the United States recommend that pregnant women, as well as women who are trying to conceive, steer clear of what? What's wrong with a little drink once in a while? Well, why do the medical people say if you're pregnant, don't do it? Is it good for everybody? So do experts at the American College of Obstetricians and John Pana College and American Academy of Pediatrics. They all say, be careful of alcohol. It can hurt you and your baby and your kids. Sometimes the Bible recommends wine, grape juice. Sometimes the Bible condemns wine. What's the contradiction here? Sometimes they say take wine. Sometimes they don't take wine. What's the problem? Somebody smart coming. What's that? You get an A for the class. Wine can be alcoholic or non-alcoholic. So when it tells you to do it, it's grape juice. When it tells you to don't do it, it's alcohol. The word wine is referenced how many times in the Old Testament? 92% of those are negative. The 8% are that he who's willing to perish Take some alcohol. You're going to die anyway. Why don't you go drunk as your way out? We're going to cut off your leg. We don't have any any kind of anesthetic. Drink this booze. There's rare times. But don't you guys pull this one. Well, I need it now. You better be a legitimate reason you need it. Let me know when you're going to cut your leg off. The vine said unto them, Should I leave my what? Which cheereth God. Oh, there it is. Wine will cheer God. I'm going to have another glass of wine. Alcohol or non-alcohol. Everybody. Is somebody going to try to give me something funny to eat at the potluck? Some of the faces out are saying there, oh, you're ruining my life. A vine does not produce fermented wine. A vine produces grapes. Look at the verse again. The what said? The vine said, should I leave my wine didn't go to a distillery. It came right from the vine and it was wine, but it was non-alcohol. The wine press does not produce alcohol. The wine press presses the grape juice, unfermented wine, out of the grapes, right off the vines. Thus saith the Lord, as the new wine is found in the cluster. Is it in the grapes? What's it called? New New wine. It's in the grapes. Destroy it not for a blessing. Oh, there it is. I get a blessing when I drink wine. Yes, now you're getting it. Now you're getting it. Called wine while in the grapes in the cluster. Three classifications of people in the Bible were given specific instructions. For those of you who have been bored to tears so far, and some of you are like this, I want you to catch these next two or three verses. These are good for you. Three cases of people in the Bible were given specific instructions regarding the use of what? What, everybody? Okay, first of all, you have the religious leaders who were told to abstain. In Numbers 6, 1 to 3, it says, don't drink wine, alcoholic wine, if you're in the ministry. Second group. Second, you have the secular authorities who were told to abstain in Proverbs. Third, you have bishops. So you're not supposed to have your government officials do what? Drink alcohol. Why shouldn't your government officials drink alcohol? They're fouled up enough without it.
1: <laughs>
0: I used to deal with Washington, D.C. I was on the corporate board of, I was with the executives, with the admirals, with the big shots. And one day, the admiral says, we've got all these young kids being killed on motorcycles too bad. What are we going to do? So I said, why do we stop happy hour at six o'clock where they all get drinks at reduced rates and then they go jump on their bikes and get killed? It was like a morgue. I couldn't hear people breathing in the room when I said that. They pretended like I wasn't there. They brought up another subject and went on. That subject was over with. Why? Because it's, everything they do involves drinking. It's a shame. How do you like to know that our government is controlled by heavy drinkers? Our military is controlled by heavy drinkers? Does that make you feel better? Anybody in the room read this book, uh, The Faith of George W. Bush? For the sake of time, George W. Bush was very wealthy. Very popular, had everything. But he had a problem. Anybody want to guess what it was? Alcohol. It was ruining his children. It was ruining his wife. It was ruining his business. He made a lot of money in Texas in his business. His life was going down the tubes fast. A preacher came to him and said, You know, I think it's this booze that's getting you. You should knock it off. Oh, but in our business, we're talking with all these people, these high-level officials at all these meetings. We all drink. I mean, it's just common. But it's something you've got to do. He said, it's going to kill you. It's going to destroy everything you've got. George Bush got born again. If you read this book, you'll find out no booze at the White House. All these dignitaries, no booze. They were teetotalers. He didn't even want any swear words. You don't swear in the White House, George Bush. He also said no smoking. He was really a crackpot, wasn't he? (laughs) Those in authority in government or in the church were to abstain from corrupted fermented grape juice. The Bible says you don't want your leaders to be in alcohol. They're making important decisions. They need a clear mind. Bible says in Proverbs who hath what? Everybody in the room, who hath what? Sorrows. They that tarry long at the wood, aha! Uh-huh. If they just don't stay there long, they're okay. Why knows? I will seek it what yet again. Once you go down the path, you get hooked, and you just got to keep having it. You say, how, how do you know that? How many people do you know that socially drink can easily quit socially drinking? Just, if it's easy, quit drinking it. Oh, but they're hooked they got to keep doing it. They're hooked. 18 million what? There's 18 million alcoholics in America today. 18 million. And they all started out by what's wrong with just a little drink once in a while. 40% of violent crimes. How many of you like crime? How many in this room have had somebody uh, crime against you? Ever had a crime against you of any kind? Forty percent of the crimes in this room came about because of alcohol. One of three emergency room visits. If you go there and wait at the hospital, people rushing in. One out of three because of alcohol. Half of all homicides. How many of you read about somebody being killed? Half of all the murders in America are due because of alcohol. One half of all domestic violence. I was teaching a class for Washington State kids about the state of Washington, and I told the kids, you never, ever physically hurt a woman. You don't push them. You don't slap them. You don't hit them. You don't kick them. You never, ever, ever have domestic abuse against a woman. But you know what causes most of it? Look, half of all domestic abuse is somebody drinking And most of them aren't alcoholics. They just happen to have a binge that time. 40% of fatal auto accidents. 40% of all fatal accidents were due to booze. A family destroyed. The kids destroyed. Mom and dad, never the same again. And you don't have to be the one drinking. It's because you say, well, what's wrong with them just doing a little bit? Because once in a while they go on a binge. The number one cause of retardation in children is alcohol. Mom or dad drink the alcohol. The kid's retarded. Literally hundreds of thousands of people in America are injured each year in alcohol-related accidents. 1.4 million DUI arrests per year. How many policemen do we need to do 1.4 million arrests? Who's paying for those policemen? Who's paying for the gas? Do you know what Alcohol costs taxpayers? I'm, I, is anybody in this room fed up with taxes?
1: <laughs> I gave a speech at the
0: University of Washington. I was with the American Heritage Party. It wasn't uh, Republican or Democrat. It was an independent party. And they asked me to give a speech, mainly to make fun of me. And I said, right now, this speech was about 15 years ago at the University of Washington. I said, right now, the federal debt is 4 trillion. And when you pay that four trillion in your taxes, you don't get new roads, you don't get new bridges, you don't get more military. You're just paying the interest on the debt. Not the principal. We don't pay anything on the principal of our debt. We only pay on our interest. I gave that speech. didn't go over very well. One lady came up to me afterward and said, you know, you really believe like I do, but we're probably the only two in this room. Today, the debt is over $17 trillion you know one reason why we pay so much? It's because alcohol and drugs in this country. Most of those people, when they're heavy into alcohol and drugs, they can't afford to pay the medical bills. They can't afford to pay the damage. We're paying it. In 15 years, if it goes from 4 to 17 trillion four times, what will it be like 15 years from now? It's time for somebody to start saying, we've got to quit the alcohol, the drugs, and the crime and the dumb stuff. We've got to quit the immorality and go back to Bible living. 40% 40% of prisoners committed their crime while under the influence of alcohol. Anybody want to guess what the average prisoner costs us? When I tell you, you're not going to believe it, but it has to do with all the costs associated with the prison. One million a year. We keep putting people in prison. That's a million bucks. There's a million bucks. There's a million bucks. Well, somebody's got to pay for that. They're not going to pay for it. We will. 40% of those prisoners are in there because of alcohol. What's wrong with a little drink once in a while? Oh, come on. Let's get a backbone. Our courts and judicial system are bogged down with alcohol-related crimes. In 2013, 10,076 killed in crashes due to alcohol. 290,000 were what? Only one ounce of alcohol increases the time required to make a decision by nearly 10% hinders muscular reaction by 17%, increases errors due to lack of attention by 35%. You see, alcohol takes away from your senses and your nervous system. It's not good for you. Wine is a what? Wine is a mocker. Wine is a mocker. Wine is a a grape juice is a mocker. Alcoholic wine is a mocker. We fooled you. Strong drink is raging, and whoever is deceived thereby is not what? We've got to be wise, Christians. We've got to start being wise with our families and our kids and our grandkids. There are a lot of Christians who think alcohol wine is okay. They're deceived. Jesus at the wedding feast would not produce alcoholic wine to mock the people and cause one in nine to become alcoholics or cause other sins. Please read with me. Look not thou upon the wine when it is red, when it giveth its color in the cup, when it moveth itself aright. What causes the wine to move? Does grape juice ever move in the glass? Oh, who said that? You're going to get an A+. For the, you're not one of the kids, but you get a honey stick. <laughs> you see, the reason that stuff's moving is it's fermenting. It's bubbling. And this says... Look not thou upon the wine when it is red, when it giveth color, when it moveth in this cup. If it's moving in there, get another glass. Get grape juice. Unfermented wine is tasty, healthy, good for communion, and does not cause accidents or immorality. It is not for who? It is not for kings, O Lemuel. It is not for kings to drink what? Welsh's grape juice? Welsh's grape juice? Alcoholic wine. It's not for priests. It's not for government officials. It's not for kings. Nor for princes, strong drink. Lest they drink and forget the what? Why are they forgetting the law? Because alcohol gets rid of your inhibitions. I shouldn't do this, but I'm under the influence, so I'm going to do it. And pervert the what? Judgment. Judgment. I'm going to make a pass at my secretary. I've had a few drinks at lunch, and I'm going to make a pass. By the way, I fired a man who did that. A man took the secretary to lunch using a government vehicle, which is illegal. supposed to use a private vehicle. He gave her some wine. On the way back, he parked and molested her. I fired him in one day. For six months, they were after me for being irrational. You didn't follow proper procedures. Yes, I did. I personally hand-walked this through to everybody who had to do it and approve it. I personally walked it through, got all the signatures. It was perfectly legal. But you did it too fast. Would it have been better if it cost the taxpayers a year to get it done? (laughs) I did it in one day. I fired a manager of a printing plant because he went and had two or three glasses of wine. What's wrong with that? Because it impaired his judgment. And he made a pass. And that happens every day all over the place. Well, I wouldn't have done it yesterday to you, ma'am, but I was under the influence. Please forgive me. I didn't know what I was doing. Proverbs 31, 4 to 5. Would Christ, King of kings, King of who? Would Christ, King of kings, violate his own words and provide alcohol at the wedding feast? If it's not for kings, and he's the King of kings, he had nothing to do with alcohol. For those of you who are worried, we're almost done. Luke 1, 13 to 16. John the Baptist was the puniest man born a woman. Most average man born a woman. He was great in the sight of the Lord. And he drank neither wine nor what? We all look up here. Well, what's wrong with the drink now and then? It's okay for average people who want to be average and want to help others to be not, not great. There's nothing wrong if you want to keep having a drink once in a while. The only thing is, you're not in the king status. You're not in the prince status. You're not in the religious leader status. You're just one of the people helping others get down the wrong paths. Why don't you stop being average and be a great Christian? John the Baptist was great in the sight of the Lord. And he could have mentioned a hundred things, but what did he mention? He didn't drink alcohol. Got to be a connection there somewhere. I don't have a PhD, but I kind of understand that stuff. <laughs> Timothy 3, 1 to 3. If you want to do a good work for the Lord, be not given to wine. The Bible says, don't, is it talking about grape juice? Look, you want to do something for the Lord in His church, just get rid of the wine. Get rid of it. I was shocked one day this man comes to me and he says, Doug, will you pray for me? I've got a problem. I go to these girly topless joints. I said, you do what? You're in church. You're a Christian. You're going to the girly topless joints? Well, I said, to start, I was just looking at these magazines and I got into it a little more and I got into it a little more. See, you get on the path. Satan only wants you on the path. He doesn't care if it's a beer once a month. He doesn't care if it's a glass of wine. He just get on the path. Because if you don't go all the way down the path, you will influence somebody else to get on the path. I told him, stop looking at magazines, stop looking at movies, stop looking at videos that have immorality. If it's immoral and you're a Christian, get rid of it. If you're drinking alcohol once in a while, get rid of it. You say you don't understand, you're, you're smart, narrow-minded. Well, tell me what good that alcohol is doing you. Convince me that that alcohol has a benefit. And then I'll say, sorry for teaching incorrectly. Things that are legal, e.g. alcohol, may not be expedient. Does drinking alcohol help you to be a better Christian? Does drinking alcohol make you a good example or lead others to righteousness? Drinking alcohol may not send you to hell, but it will reduce your effectiveness as a Christian witness. It is good to not drink wine, alcoholic If it causes another to stumble or to be offended or to be made weak. What the parents drink in moderation, the children do what? Children under age 21 consume 25% of all alcohol in the United States of America. It's funny, we don't allow them to vote. We don't allow them to do certain things. But they're all drinking. Well, if they're not responsible enough to do certain things, are they responsible enough to drink? And they're doing it all over the place. On college campuses, 44% of all students binge drink, get drunk once in a while. What percent? Are you kidding me? What good comes after they're all drunk? Drinkers are seven times more likely to be involved with immorality, according to the National Club Press, press Club. That's not a Christian group, by the way. But drinkers are what times more likely to be involved with immorality? Seven times. Anybody ever hear, hear MAD? Mothers Against Drunk Driving? One in six teens binge drink, not alcoholics, it's so sweet drink, but they drunk on occasion. One in six teens do it, but only one in one hundred parents claim they're aware of it. Y'all look up here? Any light bulbs go off on any parents here? What do you get? Somebody who's a parent has teens, tell me what you get out of this. Somebody who can still hear what I'm saying, tell me, what do we get out of this? Oh, you've got an A for the class. One in a hundred have no idea the kids are binge drinking, but one out of what is doing it? It's happening. Well, where do you think they got the idea? Well, my dad does it. My grandpa, I love my dad and I love my grandpa. They do it. Why shouldn't I do it? Isaiah 5, 20 to 23. Woe unto them who call evil, what? I'm telling you that alcohol is evil. I don't know if one good thing has ever come from it. It's evil. It's evil. And Christians should have nothing to do with any form of alcohol. Woe unto them that are mighty to drink wine, which take away the righteousness. What does it take away? Alcohol takes away from the righteousness of a person. You come to church to live like Christ. To try to live a righteous life. The alcohol is defeating that. Immorality among priests and parishioners is rampant. Many huge lawsuits. How many of you heard of lawsuits with the priests? How many of you have heard about that? It's going on right now. The number one defense given by guilty priests for immorality is that the effects of wine caused them to do what? They claimed they were not themselves when they did the immoral acts. If alcoholic wine makes people fall into sin, why not just drink non-alcoholic wine, grape juice? Plutarch, writing about 100 AD, said, Wine is frequently filtered, is rendered feeble, thus is more pleasant to the taste, and cannot inflame the brain or infest the wet. See, he knew your passions get inflamed with alcohol. How many unwed mothers and fatherless children are the result of alcohol and whose tax they're paying for $200 billion per year costs due to alcohol? If you go to government statistics, they're saying alcohol is costing this country $200 billion a year. It'd be nice not to have to pay those taxes. Rome, June 9, 2005, by Father E. McNamara, professor of liturgy at the Pontifical University. Quote, permission. To use mustum, non-alcoholic grape juice can be granted to priests affected by alcoholism after presentation of a medical certificate. Oh, brother. Brother Jason, if you don't want to have to drink alcohol with communion, we'll give you special permission. Is this insane or what? Why don't they just give all the priests grape juice? Isaiah 28, 7. The priest and the prophet erred through what? Who did that? The priest erred through wine. Alcoholism has long been known as a problem among Catholic clergy. By the way, I'm not anti Catholic. I love Catholic people. My mother was a Catholic. This is not attacking Catholic people. We we're talking doctrine. I could attack them. But it's general people. I love Catholics like I love Muslims and I love everybody else. But alcohol has long been known as a problem among Catholic clergy. The lifetime incidence of alcoholism is twice as high in Catholic clergy than recorded in the general population. So among people like us, one in nine become an alcoholic, 10 or 11%. But among Catholic clergy, what percent? 20%, twice as high. Why don't they just go to grape juice? One in five priests are what? One in how many? Are alcoholics the priests have aired through wine. What if they use non-alcoholic wine? Hospital and treatment centers for priests established since the 1930s named alcohol abuse as their major motivation for founding these centers. The Christian Commonwealth magazine wrote to Spurgeon asking, what kind of wine do you use? Spurgeon was one of those fruitcake Baptists. He read in Leviticus, Drink neither wine nor strong drink. It is unclean and it's unholy. And Sturgeon said, Spurgeon said, I'll, I'll go that way. The Bible says don't do it. But the Catholic friends of ours, if you want to go to non-alcohol, you better get special permission. Spurgeon wrote back on June twentieth, eighteen 1887, we use only Frank White's unfermented wine, the pure juice of the grape. Yours truly, Charles Haddon Spurgeon. Many Christians have argued, what is the big deal with just having a couple drinks or a glass of wine with dinner? Do you know how many times my friends have told me that? Do you know how many times Christians have told me, Brother Doug, get off of this thing. What's the big deal? You know what I tell them? No big deal? Then why don't you quit? You know why they don't quit? Because it's a big deal. I've got to have my wine. I get my rights. I get to have my wine. I get to have my alcohol. I get to have my alcohol. What benefit does it give you? What benefit does it give your kids and grandkids and non-Christians who are watching you? My answer is, if it's no big deal, do what? You know why they don't quit? Because it's a big deal. I've got to be allowed a little sin. I've got to watch a little bit of these girly magazines. It excites me. It's fun. I've got to watch a little bit of bad stuff. Why limit your effectiveness for Christ? Why cause others to stumble and fall? Why risk your children becoming alcoholic? Why defile your temple where the Holy Spirit dwells? Starting down the wrong path. Social drinking by Christians is leading others to start down the wrong path. Alcohol is a what? Everybody in the room. Alcohol is a what? Drug. People who socially drink are seven times more likely to use more powerful drugs. Youth who drink alcohol are 50 times more likely to take cocaine than those who never drink. we covered this. Oh, Robert E. Lee said, will you read with me? Abstinence from spiritual liquors is the best safeguard of morals and health. Of what, everybody? Morals. Morals and health. Do we have a problem in this country today with morals and health? Stonewall Jackson, one of my heroes. If you haven't read his biography, you need to read it. Stonewall Jackson was a really great man. I am more afraid of what? Than all the enemy's bullets. I want my army to win. But Christian soldiers are less effective when they're into alcohol. The statistics cited by the IOM report are particularly grim. The percentage of active duty service members who reported Binge drinking shot from 35% in 1998 to 47% in 2008. Somebody smarter than me. What's the trend in our military according to, uh, with drinking? What's the trend? If it went from 35% in '98 to 47%, in two, that's a one-third increase. Our military defenders defending our country, you want them drunk? Do you want the Secret Service who protect the White House coming in drunk? Which happened, what, a week ago? George W. Bush, we read that. We're almost done here. Be patient. We're almost done. How many of you have ever heard of Billy Sunday? I'll try to hurry to get this over with. Billy Sunday was an orphan at an early age. He was sent to an orphan's home. He got involved with baseball, became a great baseball player. He could run from home plate all around the bases back in eleven seconds at his time the record for anybody. Nobody could come close to that. But he had a problem, and we want to guess what it was. So one day he and four of the pro football uh, baseball players were sitting on the street corner drunk. And across the street, the lady in the rescue mission was singing a song that Billy Sunday's mother used to sing before she had to give up her children to adopt And it touched his heart. This is the song mother used to sing. He went over. He accepted the Lord, was born again. And guess what he preached about for most of his career? He preached against alcohol. If you look up the history books and look these up, you won't believe it when I tell you. Because of his preaching, over 1,500 saloons across America were closed. One businessman said, I'm not religious, but I want Sunday to preach to my men because when they get done with this preaching, my productivity and profit soar. Did you hear what I said? Businesses in America would do far better if people weren't calling in every Monday and Friday sick. I worked at a place for nine years after I retired from the Department of Defense. I never called in sick except when the doctor one time told me I should be off work. I was never late. But every month, people called in sick on Mondays and Fridays, Mondays and Fridays. Because on the weekends is when they did most of their drinking. In his day, fast man, we read all that. Let's see if we can wrap this up and get going. You guys are getting hungry. Please read with me. Whatsoever you do, do all for the glory of God. Alcohol does not glorify God. Do not drink wine nor strong drink, that you may put difference between holy and unholy, between clean and unclean. Pastor, we would rather eat than listen to this.
1: You know, just a few years ago, he quit drinking alcohol. And a year later, he received Jesus Christ as his Savior. Perhaps it was the alcohol that affected his mind so much that would keep him from trusting in Christ as Savior. I don't know if that was it or not. But I know I'm very certain it did not help while he was drinking it. So many times in counseling with people, a lot of problems stem from alcohol. Many times we end up having problems. People go to alcohol for it. And it may make you numb, two things, but it doesn't make you better. Maybe some of you will make a commitment to the Lord. And you know what? You go home, you're done with it. It affects our testimony. It affects our lives, affects our marriages, affects our families, affects your tax dollars too. Never heard of it from that angle before. You know, when I go places, you know, I may go to people's homes. They may have alcohol there. You no, know I don't come there with a condemning attitude of them. You no, know, if anything, you no know, people need Christ. But you know what, the alcoholists condemn us. This influences us for the better. You know, there were times when, you know, Jesus was called a wine bibber and a glutton. Not because he was drinking wine. But because he was spending time with the people that did have that struggle with sin. So you know, so we don't just keep ourselves from those that maybe need our help. But if we're one of those that cannot control ourselves around those circumstances, then you know what the weak are not gonna be able to help the weak. The blind can't help the blind. But if you're a strong Christian, what help you could be to ministering to addicts. Now, we've been praying off and on just about starting an addiction space ministry. Haven't felt the leadership of the Lord yet to go full-long into it yet. We're seeking the Lord's timing and be able to. Now, our ministry is always to be able to help those that maybe struggle with addiction. So, if you do struggle with addiction, you know what? Come. You know, I will try to be the best help that we could be. But it has to be a decision you make. But the pastor can't make you stop drinking, the pastor can't make you do right. Let I me mean, try to motivate, encourage, teach, preach the word. Have a man come and preach the word to us. Man, about evolution, creation, Sunday school, it was wonderful. This one about wine. You know, A year ago, I had a man tell, he asked me, he goes, pastor, he goes, you know, do, do we, do I have to not drink any beer if I want to be a member of the church? And I told him, I said, you know, we got people in our church that struggle with it. You know, we want to be a hospital for sinners. He goes, Well he goes, Well, do you condone it? Do you do you support it? And I go, No, I don't think it's a good thing at all. Amen. Not at all. And he goes, Oh, fine, that does it for me. You know what? I'm not coming back to this church. And I told him, I go, you know what, I didn't say you have to quit. You know what one thing is Baptist, we believe in individual soul liberty. You have the freedom to make that decision. You have the choice, you got the right to make choices on what you believe in. What you do. That's a Baptist distinctive, distinctive individual soul liberty. So I said I said, Oh, you can come here, that may be a struggle you have. But you know what our hope is that people do come here and they leave change. And he said, Oh, you know what, you're just young and arrogant, you don't know what you're talking about. Well, so I had an older gentleman come in and teach on it. Amen. <laughs> Maybe you're really young, brother. You're, yeah, yeah. Let's just all heads bowed. You know what? Let's just, let's just, you know what? You just pray. I'm going to stop talking. And you know what? You, your commitment says between you and the Lord. But you know what? There maybe will be some. that maybe three months from now, maybe give a testimony. That you know what? March 29th was the day that I'm done. I'm done with the alcohol. I'm going to use my life more for the Lord. You seek the Lord. You go spend some moment in prayer. Dear Heavenly Father, thank You, Lord, for the messages this morning. And we pray, Lord, that You'll bless the messages You have already done for our 131, another one related to science on astronomy in the Bible. And we just pray, Lord, that You would bless that. And we pray, Lord, that You would bless the food and the fellowship that we have over next door. And I am just thank You, Lord, for Your grace and Your mercy And for the blessing of seeing my Father come to a saving knowledge of you. I thank you, Lord, for cleansing him and helping prepare him to come to the place when he would receive you as his Savior. And I pray, Lord, that this message will have been an impact to every single one of us. In Jesus' name, amen. God bless you. Shake hands, fellowship, and be friendly.